Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. Hello and welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. I'm your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. I'm a doctor of oriental medicine, certified meditation teacher, and a board certified reproductive specialist. And I practice at Art of Acupuncture in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. My commitment to you in this podcast is to bring you the world's best experts in the field of fertility and mind-body medicine. I am super excited to share today's guest with you, Erin Gray. That's right, today you get more than just me. So I had the pleasure of working with Erin in a previous practice here in St. Pete before I started Art of Acupuncture about seven years ago, and I fell in love with her unique treatment style day one. I was actually her clinical interview subject, meaning I was the person on the table experiencing her work, and then I would report back to my fellow practitioners my thoughts on her clinical ability and if we should hire her if we were all in agreement. Now, I'm pretty hard up front in these kind of things. My now office manager has even described me as quote unquote mean mommy in her tandem interview with me and my business partner, Christina. You guys, I was so impressed with her ability to zero in on where I held emotions in my body. I knew she had a skill set that my fertility and pregnancy patients needed immediately. I was all in. So how exactly does she do this? Well, she has two licenses that she has combined into a really unique practice style. Here are her credentials before she got to me and I set about convincing her to take on the challenge to work with my awesome patient population of fertility. She is a licensed mental health counselor and a licensed massage therapist. She graduated from Ecker College with a bachelor's degree in human development and from Nova Southeastern University with a master's degree in mental health counseling. Erin began her mental health career in 1994, working in a community mental health center where she facilitated psychoeducational groups for adults with chronic and persistent mental illness. This would be the beginning of a broad base of experience in a field that also included working with mentally ill children and their families, pregnant and parenting teenagers, hospice patients and their families, and adults diagnosed with both addiction and mental illness. You guys, she has seen it all, and she's worked in facilitating parenting classes, group therapy, couples therapy, individual therapy, family therapy, and a variety of classes focused on topics within the mental health realm. Then in 2005, she graduated from Bhakti Academy School of Intuitive Massage and Healing with a diploma in massage therapy. This was a decided career change and a new direction for her to focus on more physical and emotional healing work through the body. She became certified in bhakti massage and bhakti energy work, which is a trademarked body work style, and they have very gentle yet powerful impacts on the body and mind together. She opened a practice in St. Pete with a fellow colleague, and in 2007, she actually started teaching at Bhakti Academy, where she taught massage and body work, but she also taught her future colleagues the importance of the emotional components of this type of work. She believes that long before an issue develops in the physical body, it has run through the energetic body, the mental body, and the emotional body, and I couldn't agree more. Though symptoms are an obvious and a good place to start in any treatment, she doesn't believe in simply treating symptoms. She finds their root cause and decides the course of treatment from there, which I love. 
This approach is thorough, introspective, and whole person centered. By discovering the root cause, often there are things seemingly unrelated to the symptoms of concern. A person can begin to unravel what sometimes seems like a mystery within their own health, release habitual patterns that no longer serve them, and find freedom in themselves that wasn't there before. And I happen to think that a fertility journey is the perfect place to do that. It's kind of like cleaning out this closet of like how to be the best self before you become a parent. And her work really helps with that. And what I love, love, love about her approach is that it's one of partnership, which is what I also pride myself on in a clinical setting. She believes that people are experts about their own lives and their experiences and that their level of willingness to explore their own lives and do their own work greatly influences the course and success of treatment. Did you hear that? Your willingness dictates the pace, meaning she meets you where you're at. She doesn't give you the answer or force you into something. She simply guides a light and walks next to you while you uncover your way, which is deeply empowering. And if you're not in this area and you're looking for somebody to facilitate this kind of work, these are kind of the questions that I would ask. Do you give me the answers or are you going to help me see it for myself? Because I feel like that's so much more empowering and has some real sticking value to it, if you will. So now we have shared patients for the last seven years, and we've had countless conversations, usually centering around the differences of men and women. And you're going to hear her a lot on this podcast because I feel she has so much valuable insight to share with you and tools that you can start using right away. So let's jump in. So welcome to the show, Erin. I'm so excited that you decided to go on this crazy ride with me of um, helping women everywhere gain sanity and clarity in their process of conceiving. Um, We already do this together uh, as we share clients here in St. Petersburg, Florida. So our idea was to, why don't we record all these fabulous conversations that we have with each other and uh, with our clients and bring them to you so that you can get the insight that our clients get. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about doing versus being. And this is because I think most women show up in my office and they say, if one more person just tells me to surrender and I'll get pregnant, I'm going to shoot them. So if that sounds familiar, this episode is for you. So hi, Erin. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Hillary. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to be talking to you all today. Um, And as Hillary said, we do work together um, with our clients here in St. Petersburg, Florida, and have had a lot of success. And um, I'm just really excited to share the information um, with everybody that's listening. Okay, so the the main topic is kind of an offshoot of surrender. So surrender is a whole episode in itself, and we're going to get there. But today we want to give you the tools that you can use <clears throat> specifically on doing versus being. So what do we mean, Erin, by doing versus being? So when we're talking about doing versus being, we're talking about a distinction between masculine and feminine. So when I say masculine and feminine, I don't mean men and women. I'm talking more about the energy and the way that we are behaving. And um, so men have masculine and feminine energy. Women have masculine and feminine energy. And 
when we're talking about doing, we're talking about the masculine. We're talking about action-oriented. We're talking about goals. We're talking about where the rubber meets the road. And when we're talking about being, it's much more subtle. We're talking about the feminine. We're talking about our attitudes, our intentions, the energy that's behind what we're actually doing. And when we're talking about doing, it's more directive. And when we're talking about being, it's more receptive. Yeah, exactly. So one of my favorite, favorite sayings from one of my mentors, Randy and Lewis, it just gets kind of burned in my mind. She once said, pregnancy is never achieved. It is received and it happens in the valley. It does not happen at the mountaintop. I love that. Yeah. I and, love that. And for me, that immediately just brought home so many faces of our clients who just don't understand because they've been so goal-oriented. You know, they've been women living in a, in a male world. You know, they're, they've achieved the degree. They've achieved the law practice or the medical practice or, you know, the career or the initials. And they just don't understand why this is so different. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, and part of what makes this so different is that we have been enculturated to be goal-oriented and directed towards getting what it is we want. So like when it's the law degree, we know what to do. You show up to class, you take the tests, you, you know, finish the degree requirements, you take the state exam, and, you know, then you're a lawyer. And so there's so much in our culture that has taught us that. And, you know, we've become these very independent women. We're, you know, get shit done kind of women, right? And it is what the culture values. But we haven't been taught how to be receptive. We know how to get to the top of the mountain. We are not comfortable and we do not know how to hang out in that valley. And we don't value hanging out in the valley. We have made that mean something about being weak or about being passive, which has a big charge on it, or about being lazy, which has a big charge on it. Mm -hmm. So we're the language that we use and the way that we tend to view the valley is very, very different than how we view the mountaintop, you know, which is why we tend to strive toward that mountaintop. Yeah, it's and, and I'm guilty of that for sure. I mean, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, I know one of the biggest eye-opening moments, and you know, not only do we work with <laughs> clients together, but I'm just going to out myself. You know, I come to Aaron for counsel in my own life, and and having this idea years ago that if I wasn't doing or giving, which is another form, it's like it's deceptive receiving, right? The giving, absolutely, <laughs> right? absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> then I wasn't worth anything, and I really, truly did not know how to receive. And that it was, it was wildly uncomfortable when I, you know, landed myself in this amazing marriage and four stepsons to all of a sudden be showered with all this love, and I have to really just sit <laughs> and receive it, right? It's great, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we've all had those kinds of experiences. Um, that are so foreign for women, you know, and, and myself included to find myself in that receptive seat, which is also really vulnerable, which Hillary, I think maybe we might want to do a topic around that. Maybe throw that in with our surrender topic, vulnerability. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. The greatest courageous <laughs> act any woman <laughs> could ever, ever commit. Yeah. So, um, but we're all challenged by that. The women that show up in my office are really challenged around receptivity and what does that mean and what do you mean by being? Um, because 
in general, we're really not um, taught how to how to be that way, how to be receptive, nor is it particularly valued. I mean, um, if I can go all Judeo-Christian for a second, one of our common cultural values is it's better to give than to receive, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but if everybody's giving, who's doing the receiving? Mm-hmm. So, and when we're talking about fertility and we're talking about the act of receiving a pregnancy if both parties are putting out giving energy and putting out that doing masculine driven externally oriented energy who's receiving the seed right and in a a way where i see this get really skewed down the the giving path or the doing path is a lot of times women will they'll attempt ivf before they even come to my office for acupuncture or herbal solutions you know sometimes Sometimes IVF has failed them, and that's how they end up in my office. And it, IVF is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I whole other episodes on what we've done to increase um, statistics and, and you know and take home babies and who it's right for. But it is an extension of doing. So I think for some women, it's a very natural place to land first because there's action, right? Right. There's, right. There's testing, and then there's these procedures. And the problem with that is that now you've just taken away the doing from the male. <laughs> The thing that he is designed to do, right? Right, right? He is now all of a sudden super vulnerable and helpless as he sits and watches his partner go through all of this testing. And really all that he can do is throw money at it. And that sets up a whole other dynamic in Absolutely. the masculine feminine. Absolutely. I mean, and it, it does start to shift that dynamic where um, your man can feel emasculated. And that has an effect on his hormonal balance too, which, you know, I don't know if that's another whole episode about um, the male piece in all of this, but um, (laughs) I definitely have some thoughts there. Um, But then when it becomes, when the process becomes so medicalized, and again, I agree with Hillary that there is a time and a place and and absolutely, um, you know, I'm not saying anything against IVF. That's a legitimate, credible choice. And to understand that the medicalization of the fertility process can take away that masculine-feminine dynamic that is absolutely critical in fertility. And to take your own power and externalize it and put it in the hands of somebody else is also going to interfere with that mental, emotional, spiritual balance of bringing in a new life. Yeah, I think that's the the missing link for a lot of women too, especially when they've gone through these assisted reproductive technology and they're like, well, what's missing? Why isn't it work? Science says that it should work. And, you know, these are my statistics. And really it's the magic that they're missing. They've become so focused, hyper-focused on the doing. Right. And, And again, like we said, nobody's taught them how to receive. So, you know, we wanted the emphasis to to be in this episode about you're not alone if you don't know how to receive, (laughs) that we understand that it feels very vulnerable for most women in this demographic. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. And there is absolutely a way to go about it that is so empowering. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think what happens to a lot of women um, in this process and going down this road um, one of the things that can happen is, you know, what's wrong with me is a common question. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time, right? From the medical to the, you know, once you've done everything you know how to do and it's still not happening, 
that what's wrong with me question pops up a lot. And then, you know, what else can I be doing? And so when Hillary and I start to have this conversation with our clients around like, okay, you've done everything you know how to do. Now let's take a look at the mystery of this and that this is not the same as, you know, setting a goal, like trying to get a job promotion or, you know, running a 5k that, you know, we know what the end game is in mind, but this is, we're talking about the mystery of life. We're talking about divine timing. We're talking about bringing in another soul, another being into the material plane. And that is absolutely not the same thing as setting a goal and achieving a goal. And so we're talking about making a shift out of masculine goal-oriented thinking into feminine receptive being. Right, that you can be patient and powerful enough to wait for the right time and that you have enough faith in yourself and the whole process, which I think is often lost, you know, maybe within those first three to six months of quote unquote, trying to conceive that you have, that you can stand in your power of this is going to happen for me. I am going to be a mother and be comfortable with the idea of, I may not know how it's going to show up. I might not know what it's going to look like, when it's going to come, how it's going to happen. But that it is going to happen. And that's where a lot of that power lies is in touching that place within yourself of that mystery, right? Right. Absolutely. And then the other thing that gets lost in this process sometimes that Hillary and I have often seen is the, the pure joy in the process. Because, you know, like she said, in that three to six month window, a lot of oftentimes hope gets lost or despairing feelings come in, which is normal. I want to normalize that. Like when you're not getting what you want, it can be frustrating. It can feel sad. You can feel that despair of I'm not getting what I want, especially if you've been trying for a long time. You know, those are normal, natural feelings to have, which is, you know, one of the reasons why people come to see me to be able to talk through those feelings and be able to shift into what Hillary is talking about is getting yourself in that patient seat in that faith um, place where you trust that your body has the wisdom that there is a magic in this process and that one way or another, maybe it's not how you thought it was going to happen, but that it is going to happen. And finding your joy again in the process and finding your juice in the process, because that's the other thing that happens to women is that your juice can get lost and you need a little juice to make a baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, the you know, sex, it, it turns into doing versus right. receiving. It's very right? perfunctory. It becomes, you know, just one more thing to do um, instead of there being a joy in the process. So when we're talking about being, we are talking about bringing that pleasure and joy and desire and juiciness back into a process that can become very dry and medical and externalized. And I just... Just to touch on one thing that you said, too, mm-hmm. I think the despair and the losing hope is so normal. But what I see start to happen that a lot of women don't even know is happening is they kind of play into what's happening chemically. It's, you know, the, the period is a funeral, right? It's, just, it's, it's, and it's a funeral that can't be talked about. It's shameful. It's nobody understands because it was the life that could right. have been and should have been in potential. Right. And nobody understands and you think you're a crazy person because you had, you know, your period. you had your period. You know, and 
And there's really no morning for that. You know, it's get right. up, put your makeup on, go to work, you know, be who and, you are. And wait to ovulate again this month and give it another try. Right. And then there's that beautiful, like, leading up of like, I, you know, I think I can, I think I can, I can do this again, where you're excited for the potential, right. you know, going through the follicular stage and the ovulation. And, but this is where there's that danger of going into do mode versus be, and that happens in the bedroom. Right, right, right. right. Uh, you know, of this is just an act versus, you know, just kind of throwing caution to the wind and surrendering and, and receiving, right? Right. And an intention and having the intention of, you know, an, an act of making love right. versus an act to make a baby. Right. Very, right? yeah. So very different because they're, they're goal oriented in the outcome. You're attached to the outcome of making the baby instead of the pleasure from making love. Right. 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 And then, then there's the last two weeks, right? There's the, you know, where... Where you hold your breath and wait <laughs> to pee on a stick. Well, yeah. And not only are you kind of chemically hijacked or hormonally hijacked with PMS potentially, right? right? Or if you are developing a baby at that time and your hormones are starting to do all kinds of crazy things and you're hyper analyzing every single symptom and thought that you have, but because all you know how to do is do... And there's nothing for you to do except sit and wait and be patient. This is where I see the wheels come off the bus. Right, 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 right. So this is a time when you can really practice being. And so I'm going to suggest that you take this pleasure principle that you know we've introduced and extend that into that time where this is a time to be really really gentle with yourself i see and you know in my office i see women and i'm sure you do too hillary like that are really 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 hard on themselves oh yeah this is not the way to treat yourself at any time but especially during this time um this is the time when you want to be gentle with yourself you want to be kind to yourself you want to um, give yourself some time alone, which I know that can be really challenging, but to be able to connect with your own self, to be able to connect with your own spirit, to be able to get quiet, to be able to listen and pay attention to what is it that you're needing at this time. Maybe you need a nap. When's right. the last time, you know, you took a nap at two in the afternoon? I know, you know, you have busy schedules and all of these things. I hear, I've heard it all. I understand. When's the last time you took a nap on a Saturday afternoon just because it would feel really good to get some rest? Or, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to go get a massage or maybe it's time to go get a pedicure or maybe it's time to go have tea with a girlfriend. But thinking along the lines of doing things that feel good. Okay. Did you hear how I did that? Doing things that feel good as opposed to doing things that are going to get me, you know, to the end game. That you think are going to get you to the, the end, end game. game. Right. Because that's where, and I think that's where the mind kind of comes in and runs right. amok, right? right? This, you know, this thinking, 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 and when is it going to be here? And I can't wait. Then we start to see that low grade fight or flight, right? And we all know, and most of you guys know, but when you go into fight or flight, your blood clots in anticipation of being cut as you run from this tiger doesn't know that your fertility is the saber tooth tiger, right? Your sex hormones drop. Oh, yeah. And that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At a time that you need them most, right? When you should be experiencing implantation in those first few weeks of growth of an embryo. When you're in fight or flight, you know, which is low-grade anxiety, basically, right. your sex hormones are dropping, your blood is clotting, and your blood is being shunted into your limbs away from your womb so that you can run or fight said tar tiger. 
which right. is really just the potential of your period. <laughs> right, right, right. So these self-care ideas are not just, um, you know, I'm not just throwing pretty ideas at you. I, and I see a lot of women that are really resistant to these things for, you know, all kinds of reasons. And I know your reasons, ladies. You're too busy. You don't want to spend the money. You don't have the time. Your husband or your man thinks that they're not important things. I don't care about any of those things. I care about you taking good care of yourself. So meditation is still free. The air is still free, right? <laughs> right. Take a walk in the woods. Uh, most of you have bathtubs. Right. You can safely have a warm Epsom salt bath at this time. Beautiful. Right? Yes. Um, books are still free if you know what a library is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, yes. you know, and, and you have to clean yourself. So you yeah. can double up, right? Yeah. You take a book in the bathtub. Fabulous. Right. right. So taking time to settle down and be quiet and... Um, connect with yourself, connect with your spirit, and be. It's not an idea that is um, frivolous. It's actually quite necessary mm-hmm. and conducive to your success in achieving a pregnancy. Yeah, and you know, and I think that this is the important time. You're given this gift of two weeks to practice being in the valley. We're not saying that anxiety or bad feelings aren't going to potentially come sure. up. But this is the perfect time to give yourself permission there you go. to be by yourself and sort your feelings so that you're not caught off guard as you get your period, as you're running out the door to go to work, right? Right. And, and this comes back to that ability of practicing being in the valley and letting whatever needs to come up, come up, but not overreacting, just observing what's there. Right. Because you're going to need the shit when you're a mother. <laughs> it's true you know these are skills that you're going to need when that baby comes these are these are important things to learn as just life skills and you know to be able to teach our daughters this is true how to take care of yourself and that reception is okay um and necessary it's it's more than okay it's necessary and the you want to talk about if you have problems receiving now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait till you have kids that want to shower you with this kind of unconditioned love. You know, this is when they're young, before they're teenagers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just want to hug you and love you, and they want your attention, and they think you're the greatest thing ever. If you're not good at being present and receiving, you're going to miss out on this very thing that you work so hard for. Yeah. So this idea of being in the valley and learning to receive. There's never a better time to ask yourself, you know, when these feelings come up of, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? What if we never have a baby? Let's go there, right? Yes. Where you can carve out some time, you're alone, you have 20 minutes to yourself to journal about it or to think, you know, what does my life look like right now? What do I have to be grateful for? That's a beautiful thought. Right? Yes. And to really take stock of where you are in this present moment, right? And and to understand, has this journey completely taken over your life? And this is all that you and your partner know? And in which case, that points to, here's where you can do. You can get right. your life back, right? For sure. And this is a question that I do pose to um, my clients when they're in that, you know, get to that kind of scared place that this is never going to happen. It's a great question to ask yourself. What if this never happens? You know, because that that is a possibility too. And then, and you know, Hillary and I are here to support your fertility. We are here to support your desire to have a child. And at the same time, there is a possibility for any of us that we may never have our own biological child. Right. Right. 
it may show up in a way that you don't understand. Trust like me. For <laughs> beautiful stepsons. Yes. 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 Yeah, it might catch you completely off guard of what you thought was going to happen doesn't or what you should do. All of a sudden you're faced with something else that makes more sense. Right. And is better than anything you could have imagined for yourself. Right. And I think when you give yourself permission to look at these shadow places within yourself and to actually have time to do that, if you do get your period in the next two weeks, it's not so bad because you've already touched that place of faith in yourself through gratitude of what you have. Right. And the amazing, you know, your amazing partner or your home or travel or your career or whatever it is. Your friends, your family, whatever it is that brings you joy in your life. So, again, we're not just telling you to go get a pedicure and forget about your problems. This is actually, (laughs) you know, this is, I think, some of the deeper work that you will do. But it involves quiet. It involves getting still. And occasionally it involves being alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I hope that we've given you a perspective today to maybe shift if you've been feeling hopeless or you've lost your sense of groundedness in your own identity and in the joyful things that you have in your life, you know, to give yourself other things to focus on besides just the end game of getting pregnant. And my big wish for you ladies is to enjoy the hell out of the process of trying to make a baby. Remember, you're making love. Let it be a joyful, juicy, delicious process. Which on this subject, it's kind of <laughs> offshoot and not shoot. One of, one of my favorite books around this subject of how do you learn to be by yourself and, and basically shower yourself yeah, with, with love, with and-, love and, and adoration and, and be okay. And so that you really have more to bring to the table in your relationship. Um, and it's a book that has nothing to do with fertility. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> well, but it does. But it does. At the same time. Uh, it is the magnificent bookie book. <laughs> book. <laughs> it is the magnificent book, Pussy, A Reclamation by Regina Thomas Howard. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, Regina Thomas Shower. She's the founder of Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts. So check out the womanly arts. Those are some practices. If you're really, really, really just hung up and give us something to do, check out her practices, her eight practices that she calls the womanly arts. That will keep you busy for a lifetime. Yeah, and it's an amazing book to get your your zest back in in the bedroom and, and just as and your a life. woman, especially yeah. if you have been through IVF processes, my God, you've been poked and prodded at. <laughs> yeah. And you need to reclaim your pussy and yeah. let it be yeah, you do. your yeah. own. And, um, absolutely. That's one of my favorite, favorite books. So maybe one day we'll get Regina on the show and she can go into <laughs> detail. But in the meantime, I encourage you to check out her book. Um, here is my word of advice. If you do have small children, maybe you're working on your second, is that you um, you get the Kindle version because <laughs> I love books. I'm a nerd, and so I buy hard copies. And then I, I found myself wanting to go to the beach with this book, and I couldn't go with my four boys and read it <laughs> for obvious reasons because they would be like, what? What are you reading? Has what? happened to yes. her. Oh, my goodness. She's <laughs> right? lost her mind. Yeah. Um, all right. So we hope we've given you some uh, things that you can start no matter where you are in your menstrual cycle today to help you reclaim your life, your relationship, and your natural inborn fertility and in trying to find that mystery. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. 
If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.